This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Okay, so we wanted... Alan, excuse me. You know, that's incredibly rude. Sorry. That's incredibly rude. Sorry. How dare you? Sorry. Um, No, so, you know, it's this, this topic of conversation has been... Several weeks in the coming. Is that a phrase? Well, that's how you the get making. it. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been several weeks in the making, but we are finally getting around to discussing monkeypox on yeah. the podcast. Monkeypox is, as everyone knows, sort of a, an emergent, potentially sexually transmitted disease. And I'll tell you the first time I heard about monkeypox, I was hanging out with Alan and Elliot a couple, uh, about a month ago. And we were at Elliot's place on, on the weekend and it was late. It was late on a Friday night. And oh, all of a sudden God. there was a knock on the door. And I, I said, you know, who the hell is that? And I answered the door and I see, I see four men in hazmat suits. <laughs> and I say, who the hell are you? And they flash their CDC badges. And they say, there is a new contagion. It is believed to be sexually transmitted. We need to speak with Elliot Glazer right now. And I said, <laughs> how dare you, you son of a bitch. Um, no, but for uh, in all seriousness, so you've probably heard a few things about monkeypox by now, unless you're you're my friend who had a baby six months ago. And when I mentioned it at a party oh. recently, she said, wait, what's that? <laughs> um, I was like, all right. Um, so it's a viral disease that primarily existed in Central and West Africa for years until this year when it started spreading in some unusual ways. What's noteworthy about the spread of this pa- uh, about the spread of the disease this past year is that it's been almost exclusively amongst gay men or men who have sex with men. Uh, so listening to a daily, you know, the New York Times podcast a few weeks back about the spread. Now, this is about a month ago, I believe, but they quoted it was something like 98 percent of all cases in the UK were amongst gay men. So mm. it's very much s- still sort of segregated amongst the small community, although, of course, the fear is that it will start to spread to the larger population as a whole. So think- the natural assumption becomes that it's somehow sexually transmitted. But there's still some dispute uh, amongst the scientific community about that. And there have been a few cases now that are presumed to have been community transmission. But nobody's died from it so far. 
So, so far, basically, um, so I, at the end of Confirm. my thing, there, there have been 16,000 cases resulting in, from what I could find, two or three deaths. So Yeah, right. but I feel like those deaths uh, aren't, because I was reading something on those deaths and they aren't necessarily confirmed monkeypox, but they are suspected to be related, but it's not a confirmation. Okay. So it could be sure. a result of something else with that patient, with that person who had an underlying problem that then was instigated yeah. something else. So it's, we don't want to so, put that yeah. out. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And, and, and I think it's important, you know, I, obviously we're all sort of, <laughs> we're all sort of overhearing about contagions at the moment. So I, I do think it's important yeah. to be cautious and, and, and concerned about the spread of this potentially new sexually transmitted disease without having the levels of panic that, that you certainly should not be having, obviously, um, compared to, you know, how we all felt about COVID because this, you know, there's, there's yeah. fundamental differences between COVID and, and although this, this clearly like parallels the AIDS crisis too. Um, sure. It, in a way that's not as, you know, obviously it's not as deadly if, if at all, but um, it's, it's, you know, it very eerily parallels what that experience was um, back then. And, yeah. uh, but also I think even if people are not dying from it, these symptoms sound excruciating. So I, I, I want to talk about oof, talking yeah, with so some people last week before. So I had COVID last week. And oh. I know, right? For the first time, though, which I was, you know, so very proud that I've For gone. The first time oh, that yeah. we know, Alan, yeah. that we know. Yes. Um, but before I had COVID, I was at I was at an event, and I was talking to some people who had monkeypox. They were like some of the oh, first wow. cases oh. in Los Angeles because they're oh, they're bragging. Well, I'm Man, you're you know, going to fun parties. I know, right? <laughs> um, and and but no, and it was so interesting. The the what happens? I mean, it just it sounds horrible and and but also horrible the, the other big topic of conversation around monkeypox is yes of course the need to be aware of it and to you know be understanding of the community and the needs and everything but the access to vaccination which has been a very big political that's conversation been the because disaster there's been some accusations that the biden administration sat on the there were vaccines that were available that they were waiting out to hear from i think cdc or who or whatever it was and there's a lot of um uh I don't know, just some anger at how mm -hmm. the vaccine process mm -hmm. has been going. Well, the now let's, well, let's, oh, oh, sorry. Let's get to the vaccine, the vaccines in a minute, but I do want to hear more because I'm fascinated. Obviously I read what I read, uh, but Alan, Friend, tell me more about pass what, out. You're what you're going to pass out. You're going to pass I, out. I mean, I can, I can hang. I'm, is, no. it, is it blood? Is it bloody? Yeah. So some worse. of them, so some of them um, that I spoke with were they, it was concentrated in certain areas and uh, that it was, you know, uh, really painful and gross. I don't want to uh -huh, get into uh -huh. crazy details, but a lot of them were, you know, around the anus and, you know, in the genital region. And then of course- mm. in, the, had, in the urethra. Yeah, yeah. And, and some in people's <clears throat> mouths. And it just, it's sort of, it, it becomes this sort of, um, and I don't know, oh I don't, God. I don't know if it's like, how you contract it is sort of indicative it's of- It's still kind of hard to figure it out because it's like, you can get it from, sex obviously yeah. and fluids and stuff like that but it's, it's not necessarily contact. a close contact which is the most important yes. part of what they're they're saying about this the spread of it is that it's not although there aren't there are some cases that they're looking at of sort of just community spread but for the most part it is close intimate close contact right so not like you just mm -hmm. randomly talking with someone at a bar it is 
sexual intimate close contact with another person who is infected well, then i'm not worried about it anyway and, uh... <laughs> but but that said like we need to be aware of it and also on the 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 flip side of that there was a lot of conversation about you know right now it's the summertime and a lot of this came around and they think a lot of at least the first case of monkeypox in los angeles was attributed to possibly a pride event and so Pride was necessarily like maybe an instigator of some of the spread within the UK and the US. And we're just waiting. I mean, there's sort of an incubator waiting for when kids go back to school and they're sexually active. And what then happens with other populations that right now it is in the we're seeing it in the first few months within men who have sex with men. But that doesn't mean it's not going to jump very quickly into other populations once sure. those populations become more active in certain circles. So, yeah, yeah. And they, let's talk definitely... about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about you and me. <laughs> but the vaccine, we should we should talk about the vaccine and access to the vaccine. So like eh, boring. I mean, the vaccine is it's important for you to if you are sexually active with multiple partners, meaning that, you know, you and your if you're in a relationship, you and your partner, if you're sexually active with other people, you definitely should get the vaccine because it is yeah community spread in that way and if you get close contact and just you should be aware and in I mean in big cities the rollout is pretty and the Biden administration has talked about putting more and they put a lot of emphasis on getting more vaccinations into the United States but there's a big shortage and it's mainly going to big cities and so there's a lot of in smaller cities where people are maybe visiting for a day and then going back to their smaller they're visiting a big city and going back to their smaller city of them spreading then monkeypox in smaller communities and it's sure. it's a it's a the vaccine is a the vaccine problem is big and we should definitely be aware of it. Yeah, yeah you should get so, your vaccine as soon as possible. Yes. I, I mean, has any has have any of us gotten our vaccine? I, I, oh, I, mean, I did. I got mine. Well, I have Oh, <laughs> good for you, Elliot. I knew you that, should but too. I didn't want to out you. I did. I've oh, had COVID, um, so I haven't been out of the house. <laughs> but even but even if Brent, even if you're like I'm not sexually active or I I don't mm. get sexually active like there's still there are still you know, there are still minor um uh cases in which it's contagious through like cuddling touching mm. um like garments you know surfaces it's much less yeah. likely to catch yeah. it that way but you know there might be gentlemen here's, who you're here's cuddling a question with. I don't is know. it is it contagious through only fans pages can you get it through only <laughs> no. no okay well I then i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> i agree and i will get it i i, I just i feel like i because i am you know I, I'm not an Elliot Glazer type, and so I am a little. I'm a, a little bit more uh, sheepish about taking my shirt off. So, so I think I'm. Oh, just you, don't, you don't have to. It just goes in your <laughs> right arm. No, I just mean like, I, I avoid intimacy for that reason. But, uh, but I, I agree. I think everyone should get vaccinated within the LGBT. I do uh, wish they could. They could get the vax in a prettier place, though, because there are so. I'm sorry. Oh my I'm god. Gonna, I'm gonna go down this train right now, it's but terrible. The vaccine spot is actually making instigates worse because it's causing them. And I saw this sometimes with the COVID vax too, when people would get their shots and they would pose yep. with their like muscles out and uh, their vaccine awful. shot or whatever. But now they're doing it with like under the arm, you know, so everyone's just like look yep. at the pit. Okay. And it's oh, just a very, it's, it's on there. Like, it's in your tricep, and the guys are like, <laughs> and it's not flattering. <laughs> it's never flattering. It's not flattering at all. So so pathetic. Well, Elliot just took his headphones off, so I guess we're by done. Accident, by accident. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Get vaccinated. 
not even joking. We're here with writer and I think I'll say humorist, Ir- Irma Bombeck style. <laughs> Dare you uh, say humorist? Yeah. I'll say it. Uh, with Jill Gutowitz, uh, whose hilarious book I recently finished, um, Girls Can Kiss Now. Jill, it is such a pleasure to have you with us. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, we, we were discussing a little before that humorous, it feels fitting because I'm not quite a comedian. I don't do stand up, but it does sound a little bit creepy to call yourself a humorist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's because yeah, I can yeah. convincingly do it. It probably, like, I wouldn't do that yourself at a party because I feel like mm-hmm. you're judged heavily. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. I was gonna say it's, this feels very NPR to me. It feels very uh, Diane very Reem. NPR, yeah. very Diane very, Reem. I wonder if, like, like when I think of humorists, like there's David Sedaris, there's um, Sarah Vowell, but they're not uh-huh. like they're like comedy adjacent. John Hodgman. It's very like stuffy. Yeah, and, very stuffy. Um, girls, yeah. girls can kiss now is not stuffy. It's like oh. very. Na- it's very like nasty. It's you're, 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 you're an aunt. On- you're an online person and so it reads it's so casual to read and it's so fun i i don't know the last time i got through a book so quickly oh, wow. thank you so much <laughs> and elliot doesn't know elliot how to read one. which is insane he doesn't that's yeah, he amazing does books on tape. um but elliot tell us about the book and jill tell us about the book well maybe jill can tell us <laughs> yep, about the book before probably. i do, <laughs> probably do. i do kind of want to hear your log line though i saw okay. i saw it i saw a tweet today that was like the whole tweet was like from a very young age I wanted to be on the computer and I was like that's that's my book like (laughs) the whole book can be summed up by that no it's so Girls Can Kiss Now is a series of personal essays that are kind of like a mixture of memoir and kind of like pop culture analysis I don't know if I would say fully analysis because a lot of it is like you know there's a chapter called um uh, that is about literally the lesbian canon and like all of the items that I would put in the lesbian canon. So it's like not, you know, some of it is like more serious and heartfelt and some of it is uh, certainly not an analysis. Um, mm. But yeah, it's kind of a, yes. no, you got, you got. It's kind of like the book you would want to read by somebody who like worked at BuzzFeed briefly. And then was <laughs> like, you know what? I need to get my master's in English. Or my, uh, like, my, <laughs> and then they then they got their master's and then you were like, oh my God, this book is such a thoughtful, it, it no, speaks no. so thoughtfully about pop culture and Y2K, but also has so much, you know, affection towards like being queer and, and coming of coming um, coming of age during this time and it's it's just a really lovely it's a really lovely mix of, of things that just had me laughing and there are also some very moving points as well that I think maybe that's why it falls into the it could fall into the memoir canon but um, it's just so evocative of what it meant to be a closeted teen at the turn of the century in the, in the millennium which is a wild yeah. time which is a wild i mean i'm so, yeah going back like we were watching something my boyfriend and i we were watching something about early aughts like disney channel stuff and like queerness <laughs> yeah. on the disney channel in the early aughts which it's so it was subversive because they couldn't obviously have like they didn't have gay characters but there were flaming homos on mm. disney channel just being really queer and like that's kind of what it was Excuse like yes. to be a queer kid at that age in the 2000 range era you know totally i feel like my entire youth was like yeah like searching for like gay coded things that even at the time i didn't know like why i was seeking it out like as you were talking about that i was thinking about um that movie the disney channel movie uh is it called it's i think it's literally called double teamed 
Oh, I think um, I, yes, yes. I think I saw that in the roundup of all the Disney Channel movies. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, but yes, which is like LOL, but also it's like about like two like twin girls who play basketball or something, and they're both like just it's so gay. It's literally like one of the gayest movies I've ever watched. Halloween like the Bend It Like Beckham. Halloween. Yeah, is like they have Debbie Reynolds in it. That is such a faggotry parade <laughs> of just like you fly off to a land where it's Halloween twenty four seven. Is that not gay? That's gay people. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's WeHo. That's Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I think, like, so much of the stuff that I was, like, consuming, you know, like, a, a big chapter in the book, I would say, a, like, a turning point in the book is me discussing Lindsay Lohan and Samantha Ronson's relationship yeah, yeah. in, like, Ooh, 2007, yeah. 8. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that was, like, truly one of the first, like, things I saw that was actually queer that I like felt so like we should, connected to. We should take one break just so we can inform Brent who might not be aware of what this is. <laughs> In the mid 2000s, Lindsay Lohan, who was an actress um, uh, from some very f- big movies, briefly dated a female DJ. I thought they did it for a while. This, I, I did not know that. Yes. And so they, once they started, this was obviously at the height of the tabloid era. And so when they get it, when they got started being photographed out together it had a big effect on jill and the world but mm-hmm. as you can imagine on jill who was closeted but finally getting to see something like this in yeah in a very peculiar way and i'm i'll take it give yeah. it back to jill yeah no you you summed it up perfectly I, I think it was like one of the first like actually queer things that i saw that i felt like this was for me um mm-hmm. another thing that i say in the book that it sounds like a joke that i wrote but it's it's real is that like i, I there was a part of me that very much felt like all lesbians were named ellen because when i was young the only lesbians that i knew were ellen degeneres and my dad had a lesbian friend named ellen who was like oh, wow. had this a very similar like gender performance and so i was like i i i don't think that like i had any it, like inclinations of like i could be gay until definitely like after high school where i was like oh like That's oh when you change your name to ellen right yeah That's when you change and then <laughs> i came out yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember thinking like and i was probably hopefully younger than you or when you were having your ellen um uh um, yeah your ellen process but for <laughs> me i remember thinking that if my secret is found out i'm going to turn into um wilson cruz for my so-called life Oh yeah. <laughs> like if I'm if if I'm gay, if that's what I am, and I tell people that I'm going to like somehow magically turn into him, mm. and it's going to make life so much worse. And like how yours be. was like tragic. Like yours, like yeah. you immediately were like, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to change race, <laughs> and I'm going to die. I'm probably going to die. Yeah. I'm going to dress like Boy George. Mine was like right. Nathan Lane in the Birdcage, and I was like, I'm <laughs> going to be Nathan Lane, and I actually have become. Nathan, in my life now, I have become Nathan Lane from the Birdcage. Like you, drag, my comedy is the same. I kind of even look like him in a way. The the, the flowing silks, the flowing, <laughs> flowing silks. Yeah. I mean, and I'm proud of it. I'm fine with it. What's mm-hmm. what's what's? I think what's funny too is that all of those feelings from your youth really did percolate enough to actually create a trajectory for you professionally where aside from writing you know a a book like this one that's so good you've written for so many online you know places the new yorker and vanity fair and vulture and you talk about how you basically for the most part you cover the celesbian celesbianism beat such a funny funny description of your beat it really (laughs) 
<laughs> and I yeah. love it. And you can, if you can explain what that is, I won't even, I mean, I, the, the Taylor Swift world of it all consumed me, but I, but I need to so know gay. what this is. Yes. No, I, it, it's funny because like I moved, I moved to LA after college because I was like, I want to be a TV writer. And I didn't even like come out for a few years while I was here. And it was like around the time I was 23 when I was like, I came out, I was laid off from a job and I literally was like, how do I make money writing um, in in the time where I'm not being a TV writer? And I like started writing about the things that like interested me, which were like lesbians and like lesbian pop culture. And I was like, oh, I can like talk about these things because now I'm like out. Um, And yeah, and I and I like that's kind of like how I start. I mean, that's like the genesis of Girls Can Kiss Now is like I started writing for yeah like glamour and like women's magazines and um and vanity fair and and whatnot about like the shows that i was watching that was gay whether they were like actually gay or whether it was yeah like queer coded a a disney channel original movie named double teamed um yeah (laughs) wait can can you tell us a little bit more about celesbianism and what that means ah yes so so glad you asked um i would no i mean let's see if like when I think celesbianism, I think of like a distinct era of it that's like between starting with Lindsay Lohan and Samantha Ronson in two thousand eight ish, and ending. I mean, it, obviously, it's it's ongoing, but like the the, the prime, yeah, the prime of it was until like I would say like twenty fifteen or sixteen when like I feel like Kristen Stewart was getting papped everywhere oh, with like right. a million girlfriends, yeah. and uh, there was like there was like a moment and like Miley Cyrus was getting papped with her girlfriends and I felt like to me when I think lesbianism I think of like the tabloid culture that I was obsessed with as a teen like looking at all these photos in like you know on blogs and in CVS and whatever um but to see them be like distinctly lesbian there's something just about like seeing paparazzi photos of two people who are like rumored to be together right like to me that is like hot and you and you have a you have a a very you are quite convinced that Taylor Swift is at least bi and yeah. that she's had relationships with women, potentially Carly Kloss, the model, I believe. And there's a whole conspiracy theory. There's a whole conspiracy community online that does posit that that Taylor is gay. And that, is it in your book? That, yeah. Is it in the, your book about the idea that she was going to come out, but? Yes. I, I mean, like, I, I'm sure we have all heard about this at this point, but there was a point a few not years ago where not Brent, not yeah, not Brent, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was this moment in pop culture a few years ago where I re- I literally remember where I was. I don't know why this has affected me so much. I think it's because I I've always loved Taylor Swift since yeah. I was a teen. And so to, <laughs> and so to like find out like, Oh, she might be like me. Like I was like, this is everything and more. Yeah. But I remember I was at a bar with a writer friend and they were like you heard the thing about taylor swift right and i was like what do you mean and they were like um apparently she's going to come out as bisexual on the cover of like rolling stone i think it was or something like that and suddenly like within days like everyone i knew was talking about this and she was very like don't tell anybody yeah like somebody like somebody i know that knows her like told me just like keep it really low and i was like totally totally so but but i like took that very seriously and i was like i can't tell people about this and then other lesbians kept like talking to me because they knew that I loved Taylor Swift. And I'm like, you know about this, right? And I was like, wait, yeah, maybe everyone does know this. And I felt like it became this like big bubbling like conspiracy theory 
that maybe started within media, like gay media, because that's who I knew, at least who was like talking about it. And then it spread. And that's when I. Yeah. And then I found the forums and the online community that believes that way before this, that Taylor Swift has had like queer relationships with Carly Kloss and um, what's her name? Diana Agron from uh, Glee. Um, And like, I I mean, there's others, but I got very invested and and I wrote about it in the book because it was so funny because obviously she did not come out as bisexual on any magazine cover or anything. And everyone felt everyone. The whole world felt what happened, yeah. um, and but, there were no answers. And I there think was the answer. There is. There was. Oh, what? No, I think I maybe it was from your book that I started doing a little bit of googling, and apparently there was a dress made by Christian Siriano, the guy from Project Runway. Yeah. Runway that was like a rainbow dress for her that she was allegedly going to wear at a pride event, but then for whatever reason she backed out and it was potentially worn somewhere else or I don't remember the exact details but it was like oh this really juices up this conspiracy Mm. I think there's one video that that fully explains the um if not Taylor's coming out or of her revealing her queerness more so is an anthem for I believe all women who appreciate women and that's the one that features Lena Dunham and like all of their like friends that she had Gail bad King. blood yeah bad blood Gail King was in it in leather I mean yeah if anybody puts Gail King in leather they're kind of a lesbian like she was in a yes. full, she had a full-on like um like a like a choker with nails on it. I mean, it was like, it was fully like, what is Taylor doing to Gail King? And is there more to it? Yeah, that I I literally like, I remember coming out and then immediately after the Bad Blood music video came out and I was like, this is, this is it for me. Like this is, this, that video was everything to me that year. And, and it is really gay. It's like, um, I feel like the gayest possible people who aren't gay are in it. Like, um, mm-hmm. what's her name? Olivia Benson. Yeah. I can't think of her real name. Oh yeah, um, she's gay. She's lesbian canon, according to your book, right? Yeah, Ellen Pompeo's in it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it, it's an assembly of like people who like gay people would be interested in. Zendaya's in it. Cara Delevingne's in it. Well, and wait, Ellen Pompeo like, is Mike Pompeo's wife. Yeah, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. <laughs> you know, I, I actually do want to defend myself for a second, uh, and then we'll get back to, I have a question about the lesbian canon. You mm. guys always make fun of how I never know anything in pop culture, but I do, I do have this insider track. I heard a rumor that Katy Perry kissed a girl, <laughs> and oh, she oh, liked it. Did you know her real wow. name is Catherine Hudson? I, I did not know that. So I, I wanted to ask you, Jill, tell us a little bit more about lesbian canon. Can you give us some tent poles from lesbian canon? So First of all, where, did, where did you hear that rumor? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't recall. Uh, I, have, I, I, I have some insiders in Hollywood that, that kind of wow. send me texts. From yeah. Yeah. Juicy. <laughs> That's very juicy. No. Um, okay. Lesbian canon. I would say anything can be lesbian canon as long as it appeals to the lesbian community. So like, I think like, I feel like the joke of lesbian canon or it's very serious to me, um, started with like people who seem like they are lesbians but they don't identify that way. And so they are just like, they're canon, like they're like to us. She like, uh, and the example I always give is like Nev Campbell who like is straight in public or in real life. She is very lesbian. Yeah, like, and all of her movies that I watched, like, growing up, like, oh, I mean, yeah. she just seems so queer. 
but she's not. So it's like, I'm just realizing this now, but you're right. Yeah. Oh, right. I think another one could be Lorena McKennett. I think a lot of people think that Lorena McKennett is a lesbian, but, but she's not not out. Angela Bassett, I think is lesbian canon. Yes. I think she's on my list. Yeah. She is on your list. Yeah. I mean, she is happily married to Courtney B. Vance. Thank you. But (laughs) she is lesbian canon. Yeah. I mean, her arms. Or yeah. like that alone. Yes. And 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 that's what I was gonna say is like it doesn't have to be a person to be lesbian canon. Right. It can be um I'm trying to think back to my list. It can be like Where? wind. Yeah, it can Where? be it wind? Could it be a wind? So? Yeah. Fanny pack? Fanny packs? <laughs> Fanny packs. It can be oh an God. expensive candle. Yeah. Just like things that lesbians hydration yeah. is lesbian canon. <laughs> yes, it is. Because lesbians it, are always telling you to hydrate. <laughs> Yes, and they often have the big the bottles of the things that you carry around yeah. like in public, like not just in your home. But and in- they're right. Yeah. I have a lot of personal lesbian canon. Like I, I realized the other day, like I have so many um, uh, uh, what are they called? The things that you snap your keys to, to your body belays, not belays. Oh, oh belay. yeah, uh, carabiner. Yeah. Carab- not me uh, saying carabiner (laughs) (laughs) i'm a carabiner queen yeah Um, yeah those are actually great i've never had i've I've never like used i'm very i don't have the money for it but (laughs) (laughs) all my clothes and like my a lot of my thinking is based for it's a lot of my my needs and and the thing the way i sort of economize the world is through utilitarianism so it's a lot of carabiners it's a lot of like things that work like I, I just it doesn't have to, it just has to work yeah you know well that's yeah. basically how I feel about the world yeah well efficiency like that efficiency, is lesbianism yes. yeah I don't feel that's like it. so the, the entire like German culture then is lesbianism sorry Alan. I mean yes I, Angela Merkel yes lesbian right, right thank you um but I do feel like there's nothing that Elliot would want more in the world than for you to describe him as lesbian canon I, I, true. I feel that true. I, feel, I feel you need to do that. That's why you're a guest actor. No, that's disingenuous. And I'm, I'm that. Not, I mean, I feel like we're, we're just getting to know each other, but I do yeah. think like you kind of have a little bit of a side shave going. Mm, you're wearing uh-huh, like a yeah. very, a very butch, like cut off sleeve shirt. Yeah. You have yeah. tattoos. Like yeah. I, I see this for you. Are those dinosaurs in the background? Cause that's, Wait, on the on my tattoo. What is oh, that? That's, that's a painting. That's a painting. A painting of B. Arthur arm wrestling with a velociraptor. Okay, well, so we need to know more about that another I time. See. That will be for another episode. Uh, sounds like odd erotica for Elliot, but uh, um, wait, 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 wait. We have. I cannot go. I cannot go on without talking about this. So during the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, <laughs> Jill was tweeting. And when she was tweeting, she tweeted a, a, a Game of Thrones meme about um, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, and conservatives reported it, and the FBI showed up at her apartment. Oh my god. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, this is crazy, and it, I feel like this keeps haunting me because it keeps being more and more relevant the more sinister Brett Kavanaugh proves himself to be. Um, but yeah, when when Kavanaugh was confirmed by the Senate, I tweeted a meme. Um, if you watch Game of Thrones, it th- I, I tweeted like, you know, Arya Stark voice, and then a list of the names of the senators that confirmed him. Um, and and a bunch of conservative conservatives got really angry and they were, were they were literally like snitch tagging um, the tweet being like at FBI, like, 
are you going to co- oh like go God. to her home and whatever, which I was like, okay, like, yeah. Can I stop, but- can I stop you for a second? Yeah. What, what you're saying is here is among the millions, if not billions of people on Twitter, mm-hmm. you were tweeting a meme from Game of Thrones yes. in which it sounds like a character had a voice where she sounded, you know, sinister about these names, which is basically like, got it. Okay, so this is her, this is the idea is that Jill is saying, oh man, these guys suck. Fuck these guys. Yeah. But you're not, that's that's the end the, the end of it. Well, it's a waste of resources your, is this exactly. bottom line. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. happened really when they showed up? Yeah. So they showed up and they like, literally were like do you have any intentions to kill a u.s senator they asked me all these questions they asked me if i own any guns if i own any weapons and i was like what are you people talking about and i like did the thing that they always say to do in tv shows which is like to ask them for id because i i was like these are trolls like these are people who right. sh- like found my address and they showed me their badges but i was like i don't fucking know what an fbi badge looks like that looks right. like a leather wallet with a yeah. piece of paper in it like yeah. i have no idea um and an actual badge do they have a badge it was literally like one of those like flop down leather yeah. wallets oh. with like a thing in it but That's it wasn't also like, lesbian canon it was like an id like it wasn't necessarily yeah that is it leather wallet flopped down leather <laughs> wallet <laughs> in the back pocket. on a chain yeah. ideally <laughs> they weren't they weren't like rolling their eyes at all they weren't like we you know our we boss know. to come here they this like, is absurd they basically got like a little bit more candid after they like we they, I I think they were it, they they very they very much were like we do this all day we show at people we show up at people from the internet's like homes and ask them these questions oh and we're going to another one right now and like basically told me that, that like that's how it happened is that a bunch of Republicans filed like real reports against me with the FBI and what so a they waste like of time but it I mean, that's, that's the thing it's it's not like it's going to deter you from making any jokes or memes in the future and it's just wasted you know our time money resources yeah, yeah FBI yeah. I mean resources anyway. I mean I I will say it hasn't not deterred me in in a way because <laughs> I'm like seeing real life consequences from something like that like something i tweet on the internet even though it is fucking dumb yeah it's like that you know scarier things happen than that which was terrifying where like people get swatted people's like addresses are you know doxxed and like whatever and i'm just like sometimes i don't feel i just like kind of feel like it's not worth it at some point to like say certain things on the internet and have a bunch of like men be really angry um, because like, yeah. I don't want to get murdered. <laughs> specifically yeah, nor should specifically you. Yeah. 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 And the thing is scary. The hellscape. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was going to say the thing about like the, the Arya Stark voice is like, if you don't watch, if you didn't watch Game of Thrones, it's like, basically she has a like revenge list of like the people she wants to get revenge on. And so when I had to explain the meme to the FBI, I was telling them, I was like, I understand how this, I understand like, as I'm saying it out loud to you, to the FBI, that it sounds like a kill list, but like, you know, this is a meme. You know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not. Yeah. And I was also like, I was like, I'm kind of like a fucking hack. Like, I'm not the first person to tweet Arya Stark right, voice. That's, that's like, like, I was like, it's not my joke. <laughs> right. It's like, you're not the first person to apply internet meme tweet Twitter. You got the most, um, you know. Yeah. Right. But, but, yeah. But, but, but not, but you got the most attention in that moment, it sounds like. Because if you had posted mm-hmm. something severely sinister with like blood, you know, something with blood or murder, right. something, yeah. 
that was yeah. so pointed that it would be you know undeniable then i guess maybe there would be a reason for them to be concerned but this is so baseline like you really for this to be an actual thing for them to get worked up about you'd really have to say like i, I all i you'd really have to be innocent enough to think that yeah. this means murder and it doesn't yeah. mean murder yeah. it's you know, wild I, it, 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 it's wild i was i, I want to end with one one question one more question uh, for you jill based off of the conversation that we just had and my prowess on pop culture do you think i watched game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> no that's what i corrected myself i was like well if you watch well have, you know, <laughs> we had a, well, I think the show a few weeks didn't we have a show where Brent was like, "Who is Lizzo?" Oh yeah, <laughs> no, and that's I were not, like, that was like years ago. You guys just no, you were in, that was this year. That was not this year. I'm yes, not getting it into was. it. By the way, by the way, Elliot is chock full of sass today. I have been getting <laughs> almost endless sass since I got on. Jill Gutowitz, thank you so much for joining us. You were such a delight. Where can people find your book? Where can they find you on the internet? Yes, uh, you can find my book anywhere you buy books. I would recommend an independent store if you can or Barnes and Noble. Um, it's called Girls Can Kiss Now. And you can find me online. My Twitter is at Jillboard, like Billboard, but with a J, which is <laughs> a dumb name that I made in college. And now I'm verified. And if I change the name, they'll take it away. And I, I do. Um, yeah. And I'm on but Instagram. That's my name. But don't tell us or don't tell us where we can find you at home. That's not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that will not be happening. But, but you send the book to those agents, though. Why not? I wish I had their names. This was like a whole drama where I tried to like confirm that it was them. And they were like, do you have their names? And I was like, no, I was so scared. I don't remember their names. And they were like, yeah, then we can't know. do anything. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember anyone's name. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jill, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. And another thing. Are you guys hot? Do you think you're hot? Like, no. Hot, hot. <laughs> well, so there is, there is, there was a great New York Times article, which is, you know, it's called Can't Talk, I'm Busy Being Hot. And it's all based on sort of this mood from a Megan the Stallion song called Girls in the Hood. And Megan it's the Stallion. Megan the, Megan the, it reminds me of that um, in the Howard Stern movie. When he's talking about Stallion. Anyway, another private parts quote. Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, that's coming from me though, which is like, yeah, it's talking, true. Yeah. I will say. Uh, but yeah. no, so it's, it's the, it's sort of this like movement inspired by the song of people sharing on social media that they're, they're moments of feeling hot, just feeling like fucking hot in that sort of momentary ways where you want to show off how hot you are in that moment. And it's not necessarily based on like, you're going out and what you're wearing and all those things. It's more like there's even examples of like a woman twirling like spaghetti or whatever, and she felt hot. And so she posted a video of her like twirling the spaghetti. And it's, it's, it's sort of encouraging people to find their own hotness in different kind of ways. And I will admit there are times where I look at myself in the mirror, in the bathroom, like kind of <laughs> disgusting, but I'm also like, you know, you got a good face. Like you can, Alan, you know, excuse me, Mr. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I know, but no, 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 no. This is a self below. thing. This is a self yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not necessarily yeah. a reflection of how others see you. It's how you see you and mm -hmm. the things about you that make you hot. So what makes you guys hot? Well, I think there's, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think there's like this whole article in the Times is talking about the idea of, there's, look, there's a simplicity to being like, Am I hot? 
And, and the, you know, and I feel like in the real world, in the actual physical world, because of body positivity, because of advertising, because of Lizzo in a lot of ways, the movement towards having, um, being self-appreciative of yourself to, to own your sex appeal is certainly a real thing. But I think that it goes kind of a step further with what they're yeah. talking about in, the, in this article in that <clears throat> you kind of build your own economy online, at least in like Instagram and TikTok, where you are essentially are living in a vacuum where whatever you can do is going to be hot. You're you're trying to be hot, even if you're not actually trying to look particularly sexy, there is still a desire to can be considered hot because what else would you wouldn't want to be considered ugly necessarily you know so there there and it, so it's become more nuanced and it's become but a we've talked ironic. about that well, for I, I mean, years now though about how right. instagram is a curated feed of you just putting out you looking the best which is how instagays become instagays well, but well the, that, the, thing, that, the thing that i've said for a long time and i've been saying it like for to, among us is that like instagram now to me is porn and i don't just mean porn like thirst traps i mean porn like uh, um, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at my baby, look at my house designs, look at my, look at my car, look at, look at what I'm doing. It's like a, mm -hmm. it's a hot, I'm equating like sex appeal to the sex appeal of being busy and of having things to do and the, and the luxuries of life. So yeah, I think it's across the board, uh, you know, well, beyond I, just physical appeal. I was going to say, I mean, it's just, it's so wildly hypocritical that we're using Instagram, which is, I think, introduced an epidemic of body insecurity to our culture and mass, uh, which has, I mean, in particular led to uh, a surge in teenage girl suicides. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so it's like, yes, you know, I mean, look, obviously I have body dysmorphia. So of course I'm going to be a little cynical of, of this. And yes, you can post a picture to 10,000 people and someone's going to be like, you're hot. And then you get a, that surge of adrenaline that, that, you know, of acceptance that we all get when we post something and, or get a positive feedback. I just find it completely and entirely meaningless. But it's um, not, it's not one person. We, yeah. I think it's not one person anymore. I think the idea of what they're saying here is that it's, we've moved into a space where, you know, like we're, like we're talking about with the, the comedian we know back from from New York, you know, she posed a pretty unflattering picture at the beach a few weeks ago. And it's like, by all accounts, I think most people would be like, Oof, you know, not a great shot. But it is she is just littered with hot. You go. Yes. You know, work, bitch, whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know what? Good. That's good. I, it's it's a good thing that she can be, you know, sure. she can be just showered with positivity. But it's sort of like changes the algorithm a little bit oh, and, but i think and that's now a good I, thing that it changes the algorithm though yeah i'm not saying i'm saying you, it's a good i'm saying that it I has it's like and it's so funny that the t your take on the article because i took it as sort of that it's actually a positive thing that's happening right now that, yeah that we're seeing i mean that this is a, an outlet in a way for and there's also within the algorithm or within your own instagram feed uh, this is a case for instagram you can filter out people from saying certain things or commenting in certain ways on your own mm. pictures. So if you're posting yeah. a picture of you at the beach and sure, some might deem it unflattering, but if you feel like you are hot AF and you want to filter out the people who are saying all the offensive words that they might say on a picture, well then to me, that's kind of great because it's like, fuck you, Instagram and fuck you for anyone who would call me fat. The amount of people who on my, on the Sadie account who 
will post a pig emoji or will post like a, like a, like will call me fat basically. And it's like, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but at the same time, I have the ability to like filter them out, to get rid of them and to create a space for myself that is all positive. So like, I think that's a good thing and that should be applauded. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I just, all I'm saying is that even while it is a good thing, I just see everything being warped and not in a bad way, but in a way that continues to like, it continues to essentially like, 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 um, like uh, uh, pump up and inflate everyone's ego. Sure. Again, not, not, I'm not saying it with judgment. I'm just saying it's only making egos bigger. And I giving... had a similar thought to that as well. I'm, I'm sorry, Olivia. No, please, please. I have, that was the other, <laughs> again, again, I'm shitting over body positivity, but like, uh, um, that was the other thing was that it was like, to me, this just sort of, this just kind of, when I read this article and, and it just sounded more like people are looking for more reason to tell you that they're amazing. And to me, it didn't read like, hey, we're, we're, we're shifting and changing the, we're evolving our standard of beauty, which I do actually think to a certain degree, the young generation, like 20 to 25 oh, yeah. olds are doing to a, to a certainly to a, uh, a large extent. Um, I don't know if it's going to take, I don't know if it's going to last, but, um, but yeah, I, I felt the same way where I'm like, this is just another way for people to, to, to tell themselves that they're perfect regardless of what they're doing. And yeah. I, I, I just, to me, I again, kind of again, it just, rings is hollow i mean i get that but at the same time the person who is let's say the unflat the quote-unquote unflattering person the person who isn't the beautiful me, the beautiful insta gay who has thousands of followers who is perfect who has the abs and everything and whatever like yes they they know they're attractive and we all know that they know that they're attractive and we even think they're attractive because we've been told to lust after that type of person whereas if a person posts and uh you know, a, a regular quote unquote person posts a picture of them feeling hot. And sure, there's an ego there in that post. Yes, of course, there's an ego. It's an it's an ego boost to be able and to also you're, you're allowed to have an ego, you're allowed to have an ego. But at the same time, that person knows that that instigay or whatever, who's posting the abs picture, they know that everyone thinks that that's a better picture. That's what the perception is. And they also, there's that, the, the inferiority complex is not gonna go away based on an Instagram post of them having an ego sort of I'm hot picture. It's just a momentary sure. boost of serotonin that goes to your brain that says, I feel good about this. And that should be, mm -hmm. I think, a good thing that we all yeah. kind of celebrate in a lot. I get that. I also, get that I feel like listeners are gonna want to know, because I asked at the beginning and you both dodged it, what do you think about you that is hot? <laughs> I, I, I will I will gladly answer this. Um, I think my encyclopedic knowledge of plane crashes mm. is very, very sexy. Emulating. What about you, Elliot? What about you, Elliot? I think I'm cute. Uh, <laughs> and when I when I'm told I'm hot, I'm sort of like, I almost don't believe that, but I but I don't <laughs> mind being told I'm cute. Well, I think I think I'm hosting a podcast with two ten out of tens. That's what I think. <laughs> when you say when you say that across the board to anybody and any any anybody any gender, no matter who they are, it sort of we, we get the common denominator. But 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 isn't but we isn't get that what that this I'm not is? a ten out of ten? <laughs> well, no, but, oh, okay. You know what? You know what? I take it back. <laughs>
What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I think your Uncle Hamilton is lesbian canon. <laughs> My um, Aunt Joanne would say, Gutowitz, Gutowitz. Hmm, sounds like she's part of the tribe. Have you thought of asking her out? Um, and I would say, she's gay, I'm gay. How about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, Monkeypox makes me think of that movie Outbreak, that monkey and movie Outbreak. And then I think of Renee Russo and I miss her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Renee. She had, a, she had a brief oh, comeback really a few love. years ago in the yeah, movie, and it just kind of went away. Great. Yeah, I know. I wanted she to was the best. I am. She's she is still alive. Yeah. She interviewed me. No, or I interviewed she's, her she's for. Dead. I interviewed she's her for a teen show that I was I on remember, when I was a kid, yeah. and she like hit on me. Like actually, like hit. On well, me. I've seen the video. She didn't hit on you. She was just doing that like older lady, cute kid flirting thing. <laughs> I guess that's well. I guess they should Gene Smart, with me then. Gene Smart well, I, did it. How Gene... ironic! How ironic that Alan is like. I think it's so great that everyone feels good and they I feel mean, beautiful. If you want, if you want, if you want to feel that Elliot's fantasy, dreams. Elliot, feel it. I'm just gonna say <laughs> you also can go to the conversation of me with Gene Smart, and she's also doing the same Rene Russo flirting thing. <laughs> that is like a staple that. of women of a certain age, which I love. Well, I'll, I'll end this podcast by saying R.I.P. Renee Russo. <laughs> <laughs>